to say that we are at our final episode of Stories of the Prophets by Ibn Kathir, which can be viewed at galamullah.com. And I shall be reading the final part of our Prophet, peace be upon him, story. There's a little announcement at the end of our, our next book, or possibly books, but I'll leave that to the end. Let's read. Page 221. Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, orders the destruction of the idols. The Muslim army entered the city unpretentiously and peacefully. No house was robbed, no man or woman was insulted. The Prophet, peace be upon him, granted a general amnesty to the entire population of Mecca. Only four criminals whom justice condemned were prescribed. He did, however, order the destruction of all idols and pagan images of worship, upon which 350 idols, which were in the sacred house of Qaba, were thrown down. The Prophet, peace be upon him, himself destroyed a wooden pigeon hung from the roof and regarded as one of the deities of the Quraysh. During the downfall of the images and idols, he was heard to cry aloud, Allah is great, truth has come and falsehood has vanished. Verily, falsehood is fleeting. The old idolaters observed thoughtfully the destruction of their gods, which were utterly powerless. After the Prophet, peace be upon him, had abolished these pagan idols and every pagan rite, he delivered a sermon to the assembled people. He dwelt upon the natural brotherhood of man in the words of the Qur'an. O mankind, we have created you from a male and female and made you into nations and tribes that you may know one another. Verily, the most honourable of you in the sight of Allah is that believer which has abtaqwa, one of the mutaqoon, pious and righteous persons, who fear Allah much, abstain from all kinds of sin and evil deeds which he has forbidden, and love Allah much, perform all kinds of good deeds which he has ordained. Verily, Allah is all-knowing, all-aware. Quran 49 verse 13 Narrated by Hisham's father. When Allah's messenger, peace be upon him, set out towards Mecca during the year of conquest of Mecca, and this news reached the infidels of Quraysh, Abu Sufyan, Hakim ibn Hizam, and Budal ibn Waraka came out to gather information about Allah's messenger. They proceeded on their way till they reached a place called Mar az Zahran, which is near Mecca. Behold, there they saw many fires, as if they were the fires of Arafat. Budal ibn Waraka said, Banu Amr are less in number than that. Some of the guards of Allah's messenger saw them, caught them and took them to Allah's messenger. Abu Sufyan embraced Islam. When the Prophet peace be upon him proceeded, he said to Allah Keep Abu Sufyan standing at the top of the mountain so that he would look at the Muslims. So Allah kept him standing at that place, and the tribes with the Prophet, peace be upon him, started passing in front of Abu Sufyan in military batches. A batch passed in front of Abu Sufyan and said, O Abbas, who are these? Abbas said, 
They are Banu Ghufair. Abu Sufyan said, I have nothing to do with Ghufair. Then a batch of the tribe of Juhayna passed by, and he said similarly as above. Then a batch of the tribe of Sa'd ibn Khuzayn passed by, and he said similarly as above. Then came a batch, the like of which Abu Sufyan had not seen. He said, Who are these? Abbas said, They are the Ansar, headed by Sa'd ibn Ubadah, the one holding the flag. Sa'd ibn Ubadah said, O Abu Sufyan, today is the day of a great battle, and today, which is prohibited in the Qaba, will be permissible. Abu Sufyan said, O Abbas, how excellent the day of destruction is. Then came another batch of warriors, which was the smallest of all the batches, and in it there was Allah's messenger and his companions, and the flag of the Prophet, peace be upon him, was carried by Az-Zubair ibn al-Awam. When Allah's messenger passed by Abu Sufyan, the latter said to the Prophet, Do you know what Sa'd ibn Ubadah said? The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, What did he say? Abu Sufyan said, He said so and so. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Sa'd told a lie, but today Allah will give superiority to the Qaba, and today the Qaba will be covered with a cloth covering. Allah's messenger ordered that his flag be fixed at Al-Khajun. Narrated by Urwa, Nafi ibn Jubair ibn Mutim said, I heard Al-Abbas saying to Az-Zubair ibn Al-Awam, O Abu Abdullah, did Allah's messenger order you to fix the flag here? Allah's messenger ordered Khalid ibn Al-Walid to enter Mecca from its upper part from Gaza, while the Prophet peace be upon him himself entered from Qudar. Two men from the cavalry of Khalid ibn al-Walid, named Khubaysh ibn al-Ashar and Qurz ibn Jubair al-Fikhri, were martyred on that day. Say al-Bukhari. Now, great multitudes came to adopt Islam and take the oath of allegiance to the Prophet, peace be upon him. For this purpose, an assembly was held at As-Safar mountain. Umar, acting as the Prophet, peace be upon him's deputy, administered the oath whereby the people bound themselves not to adore any deity but Allah, to obey the Prophet, to abstain from theft, adultery, infanticide, lying and backbiting. Thus was fulfilled the prophecy embodied in Surah Al-Fath in the Qur'an. During his stay at Mecca, the Prophet, peace be upon him, dispatched his principal disciples in every direction to preach Islam among the wild tribes of the desert and call them to the true religion of Allah. He sent several detachments of his troops into the suburbs who destroyed the temples of Al-Uzza, Suwa and Manat, the three famous idols in the temples of the neighbouring tribes. The Prophet, peace be upon him, gave strict orders that these expeditions should be carried out in a peaceable manner. These injunctions were obeyed in all cases, with one exception. The troops under Khalid ibn al-Walid the fierce newly converted warrior, killed a few of the Bani Jazima. When the news of this wanton bloodshed reached the Prophet, peace be upon him, he was deeply grieved and exclaimed, O oh my Lord, I am innocent of what Khalid has done. He dispatched a large sum of money for the widows and orphans of the slain and severely rebuked Khalid. At this time, the tribes of Khawazin and Taqif showed unwillingness to render obedience to the Muslims without resistance. They formed a league with the intention of attacking the Prophet, peace be upon him. 
but he was vigilant enough to frustrate their plan. A big battle was fought with this new enemy of Islam near Hunayn, a deep and narrow defile nine miles northeast of Mecca. The idolaters were utterly defeated. One body of the enemy, consisting chiefly of the Taqif tribe, took refuge in their fortified city of Taif, which, eight or nine years before, had dismissed the Prophet, peace be upon him, from within its walls with injuries and insults. The remainder of the defeated force, consisting principally of the Hawazain, sought refuge at a camp in the valley of Autas. This camp was raided by the Muslim troops. The families of the Hawazin, their flocks and herds, with all their other effects, were captured by the troops of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Daif was then besieged for a few days only, after which the Prophet, peace be upon him, raised the siege, well knowing that the people of Daif would soon be forced by circumstances to submit without bloodshed. Returning to his camp, where the prisoners of Khwazin were left safely, the Prophet, peace be upon him, found a deputation from this hostile tribe who begged him to set free their families. The Prophet, peace be upon him, replied that he was willing to give back his own share of those captives and that of the children of Abdul Muttalib, but that he could not force his followers to abandon the fruits of their victory. The disciples followed the generous example of their teacher. The hearts of several members of the Takir tribe were so influenced by this that they offered their allegiance and soon became earnest Muslims. The Prophet, peace be upon him, now returned to Medina, fully satisfied with the achievements of his mission. The ninth year of the Hijra is known as the year of embassies, as being the year in which the various tribes of Arabia submitted to the claim of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and sent embassies to render homage to him. These tribes had been awaiting the issue of the war between Muhammad, peace be upon him, and the Quraysh, but as soon as the tribe, the principal of the whole nation, and the descendants of Ishmael, whose prerogatives none offered to dispute, had submitted, they were satisfied that it was not in their power to oppose Muhammad, peace be upon him. Hence, their embassies flocked into Medina to make their submission to him. The conquest of Mecca decided the fate of idolatry in Arabia. Now, deputations began to arrive from all sides to render the adherence to Islam of various tribes. Among the rest, five princes of the tribe of Himya professed Islam and sent ambassadors to notify Muhammad, peace be upon him, of the same. These were the princes of Yemen, Mahara, Oman and Yamama. The idolaters of Daif, the very people who had driven the messenger of Islam from their midst with violence and contempt, now sent a deputation to pray forgiveness and ask to be numbered among his followers. They begged, however, for temporary preservation of their idols. As a last appeal, they begged for one month of grace only. But even this was not conceded. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said Islam and the idols could not exist together. They then begged for exemption from the daily prayers. The Prophet, peace be upon him, replied that without devotion, religion would be nothing. At last, they submitted to all that was required of them. They, however, asked to be exempt from destroying the idols with their own hands. 
This was granted. The Prophet, peace be upon him, selected Abu Sufyan and Murira to destroy the idols of Da'if, the chief of which was the notorious idol of Alat. This was carried out amidst cries of despair and grief from the women of Da'if. The conversion of this tribe of Da'if is worthy of notice. This tribe, which hitherto had proved hostile to the new faith, was noted among the Arabs for its idolatrous priesthood. A small detachment under Ali was sent to reduce them to obedience and to destroy their idols. The prince of the tribe was Adi, the son of the famous Hatim, whose generosity was spoken of all over Arabia. On the approach of the Muslim force, Adi fled to Syria, leaving his sister with his principal clansmen to fall into the hands of the Muslims. These were conducted by Ali with every sign of respect and sympathy to Medina. When the daughter of Hatim came before the Prophet, peace be upon him, she addressed him in the following words. Messenger of Allah, my father is dead. My brother, my only relation, fled into the mountains on the approach of the Muslims. I cannot ransom myself. I count on your generosity for my deliverance. My father was an illustrious man the prince of his tribe, a man who ransomed prisoners, protected the honour of women, fed the poor, clothed afflicted, and was deaf to no appeal. The Prophet, peace be upon him, replied, Your father had the virtues of a true Muslim. If it were permitted to invoke the mercy of Allah on any whose life was passed in idolatry, I would pray to Allah for the mercy of the soul of Hatim. Then, addressing the Muslims around him, he said, The daughter of Hatim is free. Her father was a generous and humane man. Allah loves and rewards the merciful. With the daughter of Hatim, all her people were set at liberty. She proceeded to Syria and related to her brother the generosity of Muhammad, peace be upon him. Adi, touched by gratitude, hastened to Medina, where he was kindly received by the Prophet, peace be upon him. He professed Islam and returned to his people and persuaded them to abandon idolatry. They all submitted and became devoted Muslims. Hitherto, no prohibition had been enforced against idolaters entering the Holy Kaaba or performing their abominable rites within the sacred precincts. Towards the end of the ninth year of the Hijra, during the month of pilgrimage, Ali was delegated by the Prophet, peace be upon him, to read a proclamation that ran as follows. No idolater shall come after this year to perform the pilgrimage. No one shall make the circuit of the Kaaba naked. Such a disgraceful custom was practiced by the pagan Arabs. And treaty with the Prophet, peace be upon him, shall continue in force, but four months are allowed to every man to return to his territories. After that, there will be no obligation on the Prophet, peace be upon him, except towards those with whom treaties have been concluded. The vast multitude who had listened to the above declaration returned to their homes, and before the following year was over, the majority of them were Muslims. During the tenth year of the Hijra, as in the preceding one, numerous embassies continued to pour into Medina from all parts of Arabia to testify to the allegiance of their chiefs and their tribes. Teachers were sent by the Prophet, peace be upon him, into the different provinces to teach the new converts the principles and precepts of Islam. These teachers 
were invariably given the following injunctions when they were about to depart on their mission. Deal gently with the people and be not harsh. Cheer them and do not look down upon them with contempt. You will meet with many believers in the Holy Scriptures who will ask you, what is the key to heaven? Answer them, it, the key to heaven, is to bear witness to the divine truth and to do good. Thus, the mission of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, was now accomplished. The whole work was achieved in his lifetime. Idolatry with his nameless abominations was entirely destroyed. The people who were sunk in superstition, cruelty and vice in regions where spiritual life was utterly unknown were now united in one bond of faith, hope and charity. The tribes which had been from time immemorial engaged in perpetual wars were now united together by the ties of brotherhood, love and harmony. Henceforth, their aims were not confined to this earth alone, but there was something beyond the grave, much higher, purer and diviner, calling them to the practice of charity, goodness, justice and universal love. They could now perceive that Allah was not that which they had carved out of wood or stone, but the almighty, loving, merciful, the creator of the universe. Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, last sermon, Mount Arafah. On the return of the sacred month of pilgrimage, the Prophet, peace be upon him, under the presentiment of his approaching end, determined to make a farewell pilgrimage to Mecca. In February 632, he left Medina with a considerable concourse of Muslims. It is stated that from 90,000 to 140,000 people accompanied the Prophet, peace be upon him. Before completing all rites of the pilgrimage, he addressed the assembled multitude from the top of Mount Arafah in the following words. O people, listen to my words, for I not know whether another year will be vouchsafed to me after this year to find myself among you. Your lives and property are sacred and inviolable among one another until you appear before the Lord, as this day and this month are sacred for all. And remember, you will have to appear before your Lord, who will demand from you an account for all your actions. O people, you have rights over your wives, and your wives have a right over you. Verily, you have taken them on the security of Allah, and have made their people lawful unto you by the words of Allah. And your slaves, see that you feed them with such food as you eat yourselves, and clothe them with the stuff you wear. And if they commit a fault which you are not inclined to forgive, then part with them, for they are the servants of the Lord and are not to be harshly treated. O people, listen to my words and understand them. Know that all Muslims are brothers. You are one brotherhood, but no man shall take aught from his brother unless by his free consent. Keep yourselves from injustice. Let him who is present tell this to him who is absent. It may be that he who is told afterward may remember better than he who has now heard it. The Prophet, peace be upon him, concluded his sermon by exclaiming, O Lord, I have fulfilled my message and accomplished my work. The assembled multitude, all in one voice, cried, Yes, verily you have.
the Prophet, peace be upon him, again exclaimed, O Lord, I beseech you, bear witness to it. Prophet, peace be upon him, returns to Medina. Having rigorously performed all the ceremonies of the pilgrimage, that his example might be followed by all Muslims for all succeeding ages, the Prophet, peace be upon him, returned with his followers to Medina. The eleventh year of the Hijra, being the last year of Muhammad, peace be upon him's life, was spent at Medina. There, he settled the organization of the provincial and tribal communities, which had adopted Islam and become the component parts of the Muslims' federation. More officers had to be deputed to the interior provinces for the purpose of teaching their inhabitants the precepts of the religion, administering justice, and collecting zakah. Muad ibn Jabal was sent to Yemen. On his departure to that distant province, the Prophet, peace be upon him, enjoined him to use his own discretion in the event of his being unable to find express authority in the Qur'an. Ali was deputed to Yamama in the southeast of the peninsula. To him, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Never decide between two any parties who come to you for justice unless you first hear both of them. Murders and false claims of prophethood arise. A force was being prepared under Usama ibn Zayd, whose father was killed at Muta, against the Byzantines, to exact the long-delayed reparation for the murder of the envoy to Syria. However, the news of the Prophet peace be upon him's sickness and failing health caused the expedition to be stopped. This news was soon noisied abroad and produced disorder in some districts. Three pretenders had arisen who gave themselves out as prophets and tried by all kinds of imposture to win over their tribes. The most dangerous of these pretenders was known as Al-Aswad. He was the chief of Yemen and a conjurer. He soon succeeded in gaining over his tribesmen and, with help, reduced to subjection many of the neighbouring towns. He killed Shar, whom the Prophet peace be upon him had appointed as the governor of Sana'a, in the place of his father Bazan, who had just died. Bazan had been the viceroy of Yemen under Khosrows of Persia. After he had adopted Islam, he was allowed by the Prophet, peace be upon him, to remain as governor of Yemen. He was able to convert to Islam all the Persian colony in that province. Al-Aswad, the conjurer, had now killed Shar, but soon after he was massacred by the Persians of Yemen. The two other pretenders, Tuleha and Harun by name, were not suppressed until after the death of the Prophet, peace be upon him, during the reign of Abu Bakr. Harun, better known as Musaylama, addressed to the Prophet, peace be upon him, a letter which ran as follows. From Musaylama, the Prophet of Allah, to Muhammad, the Prophet of Allah, peace be to you. I am your partner. Let the exercise of authority be divided between us. Half the earth will be mine and half will belong to your Quraysh. But the Quraysh are too greedy to be satisfied with a just division. To this letter, the Prophet, peace be upon him, replied as follows. From Muhammad, the messenger of Allah, to Masailama, the liar, peace be to those who follow the right path. The earth belongs to Allah. It is he who makes rain whomever so he pleases. Only those will prosper who fear the Lord. Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him's last days. The health of the Prophet, peace be upon him, grew worse. His last days were remarkable 
for the calmness and serenity of his mind. He was able, though weak and feeble, to lead the public prayers until within three days of his death. He requested that he might be permitted to stay at Aisha's house, close to the mosque during his illness, an arrangement to which his other wives assented. As long as his strength lasted, he took part in the public prayers. The last time he appeared in the mosque, he addressed the congregation, after the usual prayers were over, in the following words. O Muslims, if I have wronged any one of you, here I am to answer for it. If I owe anything to anyone, all I may happen to possess belongs to you. A man in the crowd rose and claimed three dirhams, which he had given to a poor man at the request of the Prophet, peace be upon him. They were immediately paid back with these words. Better to blush in this world than in the next. The Prophet, peace be upon him, then prayed and implored Allah's mercy for those who had fallen in the persecution of their enemies. He recommended to all his followers the observance of religious duties and the leading of a life of peace and goodwill. Then he spoke with emotion and with a voice still so powerful to reach beyond the outer doors of the mosque. By the Lord, in whose hand lies the soul of Muhammad, as to myself, no man can lay hold on me in any matter. I have not made lawful anything except what Allah has made lawful, nor have I prohibited anything but that which Allah in his book has prohibited. Then turning to the women who sat close by, he exclaimed, O Fatima, my daughter, and Sophia, my aunt, work for that which will procure your acceptance with the Lord, for verily I have no power to save you in any way. He then rose and re-entered the house of Aisha. The Death of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. After this, the Prophet, peace be upon him, never appeared at public prayers. A few hours after he returned from the mosque, the Prophet, peace be upon him, died while laying his head on the bosom of Aisha. As soon as the Prophet, peace be upon him's death, was announced, a crowd of people gathered at the door of Aisha, exclaiming, How can our messenger be dead? Umar said, No, he's not dead. He will be restored to us, and those are traitors to the cause of Islam who say he is dead. If they say so, let them be cut in pieces. But Abu Bakr entered the house at this moment, and after he had touched the body of the Prophet, peace be upon him, with a demonstration of profound affection, he appeared at the door and addressed the crowd with the following speech. O Muslims, if any one of you has been worshipping Muhammad, then let me tell you that Muhammad is dead. But if you really do worship Allah, then know that Allah is living and will never die. Do not forget the verse in the Quran. Muhammad is not more than a messenger, and indeed, many messengers have passed away before him. If he dies or is killed, will you then turn your back on your heels as disbelievers? And he who turns back on his heels, not the least harm will he do to Allah, and Allah will give reward to those who are grateful. Quran 3 verse 144 Upon hearing this speech of Abu Bakr, Omar acknowledged his error, and the crowd was satisfied and dispersed. Al-Abbas, the Prophet peace be upon him's uncle, presided at the preparation for the burial, and the body was duly washed and perfumed. There was some dispute 
between the Quraysh and the Ansars as to the place of burial. However, Abu Bakr settled the dispute by affirming that he had heard the Prophet, peace be upon him, say that a Prophet should be buried at the very spot where he died. A grave was accordingly dug in the ground within the house of Aisha and under the bed on which the Prophet, peace be upon him, died. In this grave, the body was buried and the usual rites were performed by those who were present. Thus ended the glorious life of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Alhamdulillah, that concludes the entire book of Stories of the Prophets by Ibn Kathir. Alhamdulillah again, it has taken us a little while to complete this book due to the various reasons I've mentioned in a previous post. Just a little reminder, we do have the complete seerah of the Prophet, peace be upon him, um, as a complete book on our podcast as well, which you can find on the website islamicaudiobites.com and also as a playlist on YouTube as well. At the same time, we have chosen our next books, which are Women Around the Messenger and Men Around the Messenger, and we will be starting that in due course. We would love to hear your thoughts and comments on how our podcast is doing and the material that we're choosing for you to listen to, to learn from. Please do leave your thoughts and reviews and ratings wherever you listen, and please do share this valuable resource with your family and friends. We are on all the major podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and we're also on YouTube as a voice-only channel. Please do check out our website, islamicaudiobytes.com, which has all the different material in the podcast library. And do check out our minor sort of engagement on social media, on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, etc. If you'd like to contact me directly, please do so at sisterb007 at gmail.com. As always, hope our days are full of blessings. Assalamu alaikum.